They said getting started was the hardest part, but no one told you how hard it is to scale a custom service business. It's time for your team to step up, but your clients want you. Discover how to scale to seven figures and beyond by freeing up time and getting your team to run whole parts of the company so you can focus on scaling profits. This is the Hands-Off CEO with Mandy Ellefson. Hi there, this is Mandy Ellefson. I am the host of the Hands-Off CEO podcast. I have Brian Regenzik here. Did I say that right, Brian? That's right. Perfect. Okay, great. I have Brian here on the podcast today. He's the founder of Agency Spotter. And he has a mission to liberate the data that helps professionals make better decisions around service suppliers, like marketing agencies. And um, Brian helps and consults with top executives in the space while leading growth of Agency Spotter's two products, Spot Source and Agency Spotter. And um, really, what the reason why I'm, I'm having Brian here on the podcast is, you know, Brian and I have, have connected a little bit over the past year or so, and I'm been really impressed with what he's been doing at um, Agency Spotter as far as helping agencies be able to actually get um, get spotted by some of these larger companies, but he's been sharing me through the, some of the, the work that he's been doing with some new platforms and, and it's really innovative. And I'm excited to be talking with Brian here today because he actually is, is going to be sharing today with how do you get your foot in the door with these bigger organizations when you have a smaller agency, smaller footprint, but maybe you do really good quality work. How do you get your foot in the door? And then once you have your foot in the door, how do you actually um, expand that out into other organi- other parts of the organization um, so that you can really grow your company within um, within the corporation. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Mandy. Yeah, absolute pleasure. So, um, we had talked about before, you know, that there are specific gates that have to be kind of unlocked to, to go through to be able to uh, to sell to these larger corporations. So mm-hmm. what are some of these gates they, they need to get through? Who are the gatekeepers? Like, why don't you just share with us some of your, your knowledge and, and how, how to get past these, these different uh, roadblocks to generating these, these uh, high-level clients? Yeah, I mean, some of it's not rocket science, right? I've ha- you know, been in this space over 20 years at Coca-Cola. I've consulted with brands like General Motors and Bacardi and, and all sorts of big, big companies. And... What I found is the the first thing you've got to do is make sure you're top of mind at the right moment, right? People aren't looking for a new agency every single day, right? But when they are ready and they have the budget or they know they're about to get the budget approved and they're really engaged in looking, that's the moment you want to be there. You want to make sure your agency or consulting firm's name is right at the top of their, you know, their um, mind. Um, so that, that's really the first gate for folks is how do you position yourself, not in, in their face all the time, but at the right time. The second thing is making sure they, you know, that you're actually a good fit for what, the, what they're looking for, right? So, you know, and don't be afraid to say you're not a good fit when somebody comes to you with uh, you know something that is outside of your comfort zone, and and it's not something you want to you know stretch your agency you know on your first engagement with a big customer on right. 
be honest and be truthful. That's another way to, you know, stick in people's minds and, and really help them remember you as somebody they can trust and can come to when they do have that right project or their right engagement. Um, after you kind of make it through, you know, that first threshold of like being remembered at the right moment, you know, you're starting that relationship and you're probably being evaluated with, you know, sometimes only two other agencies, but sometimes a handful, right? At that moment, it's really important to understand, is this just one decision maker that's making, you know, that's, that's at play here? Or are, is there, are there other folks who are contributing to the decision making? Is my contacts boss, you know, actually do they have a favorite already that they're pushing for and it maybe it's not me right all those things are really important to understand right as as kind of a second gate and because you know especially if you're a small or medium-sized company agency you have to understand is this worth how much of my time and my my, my people's time is this worth right and that's i would say that's the second thing you've got to evaluate is what are my chances of actually getting this? Mm. Right. So knowing, you know, who's involved on the decision maker side, but also who you're competing against, you may not know the, the name and they may not be able to tell you who it is, but they may be able to tell you how many folks are they all small agencies like mine am I the only small one and everybody else, the other two or three folks are, larger, right? They may be able to give you some guide, guide rails to help you better understand and better position yourself as you move forward. That would be kind of the, you know, the next kind of uh, tranche to, to go through. And, you know, let's say it is a good fit for you. It is something that you feel like you have a really good shot at. Um, the next thing you've got to think about is how you're going to be evaluated. Right, so you're probably submitting some kind of a you know a pitch deck or a, a proposal or something to them, and you're probably going to be given an opportunity to to, to talk and ask questions. Um, for all of the different uh, engagements we've run, where we're we're helping companies find agencies um, in a more formal setting, most of the agency spotter is is self service. So you, you know marketers come there for free to find agencies like yourselves and it's small, medium and large companies look, looking for all different types of agencies. Um, but we do every year do, you know, sometimes a dozen, sometimes, you know, 20 different um, searches where we actually are involved, very engaged throughout the process. And what I've found, I've always been surprised at how many agencies don't ask questions and they don't probe further. They kind of get the brief and they ask a few, you know, very surface level questions, but they don't dig deeper. And, you know, in playing that kind of consultant role to these bigger companies, a lot of times I have to kind of make sure it's a fair and even, even playing field. So if another agency does ask a question that you didn't think of, I, I always try to make sure our team circles back with you to let you know, hey, this was asked, here's the answer, so that you understand everybody has the same kind of working knowledge um, in terms of uh, 
engaging, but you know, make sure you come in with questions and that's your first chance to impress, I think, and stand out. Um, you know, you're, you're receiving the brief, be ready to ask smart questions around and feel and own your knowledge space, you know, at that moment. Mm. Um, that's that first impression. And a lot of times that's the first impression for beyond the one decision maker you may have that relationship with or that, that remembered you. It's the first impression for the other folks who tend to be on those calls um, where, where it's, they're briefing you, you have that chance to ask questions, to use it. Right. I'm going to stop you here for a second. Um, yeah. Brian, every time you, you're, you're, you hit against the oh, I'm sorry. noise of that, so just, just be aware of that. Yeah, um, sorry about that. Um, so after that, after that moment, it really is about you um, and your response to the brief. It's about understanding who you're pitching. So if you're pitching a brand that is very much sensitive to some of the Black Lives Matter stuff that's going on right now, like you've seen many brands come out you know, in supporting that, making sure your response is appropriate and your team is appropriately positioned, um, knowing who your audience is, knowing what they're asking you to, to achieve. Um, I was, we ran a pitch out of, out in California, um, for a pretty large, um, more, more on the public side, um, but a pretty large pitch. And it was a very diverse, um, company they were the the brief had in it that they were looking to you know um for an agency that could speak and had a track record of speaking to um you know latinx and other you know other um minorities and um three of the agencies came in and you could tell that they had really put effort into it they had taught they talked about their own team and how that, you know, they, they were also, they were living in the same neighborhoods. They had that experience. Um, and, you know, one of the agencies kind of um, fell flat. Like they didn't, they just showed what felt like more like cookie cutter work um, that, you know, you know, even though there were a lot, you know, Latinos in it, they didn't, you know, they, they didn't really, it could have been anybody. Right. They, they, um, didn't really didn't, they didn't really get it and they missed the mark. So really understanding what the brief is and who your customers are and what their sensitivities are. Um, I would say a lot of agencies fall back on being trying to do too much and say they're great at everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, owning a space and being able to, to come from that point of strength around it. Um, make sure that that comes through and the why is really clear why you are that expert why you are different um, and it doesn't just seem like you're like you're just like the other three or, or agencies or um, you're not standing out so this is really this this is really great information not just for people who um, not just for agency owners who are actually going out for and pitching to these much larger corporations, but it sounds like this is applicable to any kind of agency actually, because even working with smaller clients, because here are the things, these are the different gates that I've heard you say so far. The first gate, and correct me if I got it wrong, 
is that, that you need to be top of mind at the right moment. And I think that's yep. applicable for any time you're going to be hired on as an agency yeah. and um, has to be the right fit. So you qualifying what you just said rec- just, just a moment ago, I think is really critical where um, what the, the agencies that are winning the business are the ones that are positioned with a specialty, the ones who have like owned a space at yeah. a strength and they're not trying to be everything to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, there are times when, you know, a client, especially if you are targeting a mid-sized client, right? Not the largest client. There are times when they come in and they're looking for, um, you know, a full service, like an agency that can do everything for them. But, you know, that they're usually not looking for a boutique, you know, small firm at that point. You know, they're usually looking for a medium size or somebody a little bit larger. Um, you know, so if you are going after a large client, you know, and you are a smaller agency, I would say really focusing on what you're good at and not trying to be everything is one of your critical points of differentiation. When I left Coca-Cola, um, that was one of the things we kept, you know, all of the executives were a bit tired of working with the big, you know, agency holding companies. And we were actually actively looking for agencies that brought something new to the table that were boutique, that were independent. And I think that still is carrying through today that a lot of folks, um, while the, you know, the, the bigger agencies may have a place, all of them are still looking to augment that, you know, some of their core talent and their core agencies with, you know, specialized people who understand either an audience, understand a channel, or have some other thing that, that maybe those other bigger agencies don't bring to the table or can't quite get right. I'm loving this because what you're actually saying is that these larger companies are actually looking for specialists. and. Yeah. The agencies that think, well, in order for me to, to win this project, I need to be able to do this and this and this. Otherwise, they, they won't want to work with us. But you're actually saying the opposite. I, I am. And, you know, the data proves that out. So even if you go to Agency Spotter and you go to the brands pages that we have, this is just an aggregator. They're aggregator pages of agencies and who the, what big brands those agencies have worked for. Um, now we only create a brand page on there when we also have people from the brand actively coming to and using our platform. But you can see that there's hundreds of, of big brands that, that do that um, where we have brand pages and you can see stats on them. And when you see the makeup of, let's say they have 50 or 100 agencies that we know of on our platform that work with them or have worked with them, you'll see that there's a mix Almost every single one of them has small agencies, medium agencies, and some large agencies that work for them. And, you know, you can see the percent breakdown of, of how that by size, how that kind of plays out. And it's, it's something that as we rolled out um, our newest software, SpotSource, which is more of an enterprise play to help these larger companies manage um, their agency portfolios, their roster of agencies inside their own companies. Um, we've seen this hold true. So that indicator that we have kind of on agency spotter around brands in the breakdown of, of a very diverse set of you know, sizes of agencies, 
as we're inside these big companies and looking at their full roster now in a private enterprise play, we're seeing that same thing hold true. You know, we're working with brands like Nike and Unilever and HP, and they're all, the, the mix is there, right? When, we, when you're looking across those Fortune 500 companies. Um, and so they're continuing to look for, you know, fresh talent or, you know, somebody to augment the team in this country or in this market, you know, and so forth. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love that you shared that because here's the thing is, this is what I see with agencies is the ones that are trying to be everything to everyone can't scale. And yeah. um, even though they might look like they're very successful on the outside, they're actually not very successful on the inside. They're not very profitable. And mm-hmm. um, they're very top heavy with very high level skill people and they just can't scale it. And it's very difficult to, to actually source the right kind of talent because it takes years to actually develop them. Yeah. So that, that's what we're seeing. Um, also, what we're also seeing is that um, the agencies that specialize we're able to, we're seeing them increase their fees from 50 to 300%. Like yeah. They actually can increase their fees, be more profitable, and it's easier to sell. And you're even validating that with the, with the data that you're finding. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Um, what we see with a lot of the agencies that, you know, smaller, medium-sized agencies that go after kind of being full service, they tend to kind of be, start, they might've started mid-market, but then they start moving down market. They just, they, they, they're set up to almost service a certain size client and they can't get beyond that. Um, and they also can't take on too many clients. They, you, this, the whole scaling problem that you mentioned is, um, you know, when they try to, they fail. And then sometimes that hurts some of their best relationships, right? So they start underperforming. Um, so I think today, you know, with all the data that's out there, I mean, we're a review site on agency spotter, our, our um, enterprise software that helps com- big, big companies private, privately manage their um, suppliers and service suppliers like agencies, you know, reviews are a huge part of that as well. Many other pieces of data too, but um, you know, once you start um, underperforming, people are going to know it and you know, it's just like a restaurant, right? You get, you get a couple of bad Yelp reviews and people stop coming, right? So you don't want that. You want to really, it's now more than ever, you know, you, the transparency is going to find you one way or another. So make sure you're set up for success and you help your, your people and your team be successful as they work with each of your clients. You know, and what we're seeing, what I've seen this, and maybe I'd like to hear if you see or something, if you're seeing something different is that we're seeing agencies, they're able to continue the level of quality, um, but the, it's at the expense of the owner working more and more hours or more mm-hmm. the, the top executives because they haven't had the ability to transfer over those skills. Have you seen that too? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's the, you know, the main you know owner or whether it's maybe they have one kind of number two, right. In that is also kind of, uh, you know, working, uh, 80 hours a week or something, you know, that's unsustainable. Um, if you want to have, you know, any kind of, uh, work-life balance. Um, I mean, I think the cool thing about being an agency owner and, 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 and doing your own thing is that you, a lot of the times the work you put in, you know, helps you, um, reap the benefits of it, right? You know, you're, you're taking on a new client, you're making more money, 
But if you don't over time put that, that reward back into the company and into your people and building and offloading some of your own skills, you know, it's, it's not sustainable, right? You can't work, you know, you're going to have a a week or two where you're sick. You're going to have, you know, a new client come on that demands way more of your skills than you can, you know, you can give and one of your clients or two of your clients are going to not get the service they expect. And, you know, it's setting yourself up for failure in, in, in one way or another. Yep. I absolutely agree with that. I wanted to come back to a point that you had made earlier about in this, um, this RFP process, it sounds like the, Mm -hmm. they're not asking questions. Now I think that this is, this is a common problem, not just in an RFP process, but in the sales process for um, consultants or for agency owners, Mm -hmm. they're not digging deep enough to actually ask questions and all the, you know, the, the 80 hour week type of uh, challenges I think are directly impacted by basically them being lousy at selling. <laughs> right. And yeah, they're actually getting yeah. the pain of it. Is that what you're seeing with, with some of these agencies that aren't, that are, uh, that are, are, are failing at, at winning the, these proposals? I mean, there is, you know, there is, you know, some of it's selling, some of it's, um, you know, you might in, in the, in the briefing or whatnot, you might have one of your creative directors in there too, but, um, you've got to always be curious, right? Sometimes it, you know, the, the agencies that stand out, it's not because they're smarter than the other, you know, folks in the room or that are, that are evaluating it, but you, they have one team member that is like insatiably curious and they ask just a couple extra questions and there are ones that nobody is like, Oh, I never thought of that, you know? And it, and it makes you pause and you, you get that a little bit extra consideration going to your agency and everybody in the room feels it right. Um, or on the phone, you know, on the, on the web, the zoom uh, video. So, um, and then they talk about it afterwards. Right. So that's kind of the other secret is like, Hey, they talk about it afterwards. If you can follow up with um, right after you get out of that room, if you have something you can send to them, you know, to your stakeholder or just everybody that was in the room, one little takeaway or new idea or something that you can add in, like that stuff stands out. It just sets you apart again. And if it's before they all get back, you know, to talk about what happened, where it's, you know, what comes in and they actually look at it on their phone, it's easy to look at or digest on, you know, simple, something simple or easy to look at on your phone, your stakeholder might bring it up. Right. And it, you know, they throw one more thing out in that, in that kind of assessment session. So it's. That, that is really a sharp tip. So you're, so you're saying that, that um, you have some little tip that you're ready to send them immediately after the meeting. So you stand out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I've seen that work before and there's lots of little tactics like that, that people, I mean, people much, much better at selling than I am. Um, you know, have come across, but that's one that I've seen um, a few folks do and it worked, you know, it gave them a little bit more talking time in that recap. And along with other things they did, I think those things all add up. Mm -hmm. So do you think that's better in written format or in like a short video or like a PDF that you have? What do you think is the best medium for that? Um, I think if you know the schedule, 
of how they're going to be meeting with the other agencies. If you know your first or if you know your last and it's like all in one day or if it's over two, two days, then, you know, the format might help you. That might help you choose which format to use because you don't want to send a video if you were the last agency and they're going to be discussing right after this, like they're not going to have time to watch a video, like they're going to be meeting. So I think it just a little bit depends on where you fell in that schedule and whether it was a one or two day schedule um, for them. Yeah. I love that. Great. That's, that's a great tip. So do you have any other suggestions for when you're um, working with multiple stakeholders like that and maybe even invisible stakeholders you don't even, um, you're not even aware of? Yeah. I think that's one of the, the first opportunities. Like I was saying that when you first get the inkling that, that there is a, you know, a, something you can work on, um, start asking those probing questions and it's, they don't have to be hard questions, but you know, you know, you, you look up on LinkedIn, who's this person's boss or their boss's boss. Right. And say, Hey, I know, I know that Ogilvy or DDB or whoever it is, you know, that's relevant. The, is your agency of record in this space? Are you guys, are, are you guys talking to them about this? Is this relevant, you know, for the work you do is, your boss or your boss's boss, you know, are they kind of pushing for, you know, Edelman get to, to win this work, right? Use, use little tidbits of information and just ask a probing question. And pe they, they may come out of left field and say, no, but you know, here's what is happening, right? And it just gives people a chance to open up to you. Um, yeah. I love that. And what it kind of sounds like to me is that you're selling to objections. Like you're looking at what are all the reasons they're going to say no, and then have questions to ask, to be able to pull out the information that you need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've, you're, if you position yourself to every customer the same way, you're going to win some deals. Right. But if you, if you really, if it's a client you really, really want, Right, you go that extra mile. You really feel out that landscape with questions and any other research you can do, um, and you know, even you may have another stakeholder that's not involved in your pitch, but they haven't. They're an insider on you know on a a team that you know sits next to the team that's working with you, right, or potentially could work with you. Like, ask them, right? Ask them, you know, hey is there anything that you think would help us stand out? You know, we're, we're about to go in front of, you know, um, your colleagues, you know, do you have any tips, right? Cause they, they've, they've been in, you know, in your, you know, in those shoes, they, they've probably reviewed agencies in the past. So you never know there, you know, companies do have cultures and sometimes they're unknown to you until you're working with them and you're inside and so under, getting any inside scoop on what that culture is or what they expect from a pitch um, or what maybe has stood out to other teams, um, similar to the one that you're, 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 you're pitching, all that stuff helps. Yeah, yeah this, this is really good tips there. So one of the things that we had talked about before is how you have uh, your platform and everything you've been doing has, it really helps agencies and, and also the, the, the brands that you're working with to be able to because uh, intermingle. I don't know yeah. how you would describe that. And, mm -hmm. and I, I imagine, you know, that's really good for the agencies because then they can go and work in other departments. Yeah. 
So yeah. How does one go about doing that? Yeah, that's a really huge challenge for smaller agencies. So, and throughout my career, I've been, I've always, I want, I think it's so important for people to kind of have those moments where they can just talk to each other and engage. And it doesn't have to be about like, what's my next piece of work, right? I mean, you know, you don't want to always feel hungry, um, even if you are, right? So, um, so we've tried to find moments or ways that people can engage on, on our public platform. So Agency Spotter, I mean, we are sharing, you know, projects that agencies post. We're, we're sharing reviews that come in. You know, we're putting it out there in articles, but also on, on LinkedIn and lots of other places, social media. And, you know, it's a chance for agencies to celebrate one another. And sometimes it's not the sexiest work, right? But like, maybe it had really good results for that specific brand in that industry. Mm-hmm. And if it did, we want to celebrate it. We want to get the word out. So there's things like that that help people interact um, or discover one another in ways that maybe don't happen normally. Um, and it's not like, you know, ad age. It's not like, you know, some of the other magazines that are, are very much focused on the top 300 biggest, you know, digital and, and advertising agencies or, or whatnot. We're, we're, I think, in a lot of ways, the champion of the small and medium-sized agencies on the public site. And then on our newer platform, you know, Spot, spot Source, we are serving, number one, are the big Fortune 500 companies on that side of, of what we do. And if you are in there, you know, as an approved agency for one of these big companies, we've designed it in a way that makes it much easier for you to be seen 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? And compete with those larger agencies in some ways where you're, you know, they have refined the ability to spider web inside these complicated organizations, right? They have lots of manpower and account managers and other folks who can go to lunch and do, do different things. And they're speaking on, you know, lots of panels and, you know, small agencies, small and medium sized agencies don't have the budget or the manpower to do all of those things all the time. And so we've, we've designed that, private system to help you shine for the work you do for the reviews you get inside that company. Um, and we, we've, we've also made it easy for you to see not only the people you know you've worked with, but also other people who identify as having worked with you. Maybe they were just on the, one of the project teams or behind the scenes reviewing work you were doing and you didn't know right? We make it easy for you to draw those connections um, inside that ecosystem. So, so you're, so you're saying that that, that platform is a great way to um, democratize. It sounds like the the app, the uh, approach to actually generating new business. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're basically rolling, you know, this, that platform out at these companies around the world. Right. So, you know, it's not just one group that's using it. It's everybody that is using it and they're all able to see, you know, who are our approved agencies and who is good at this service. And you're sitting, you know, your agency is right next to, or the work you're doing is being positioned right next to work that, you know, large, you know, large agencies are doing agencies of record are doing. And so, 
and your team is positioned there too. So you're able to tag your team members and include them. And there's a lot of different ways to kind of, um, what that is, we're, we're helping you integrate into that, that environment in a way that has been hard in the past. Got it. So what are some of the ways that um, agencies can, with what they have right now already, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you have this great agency spotter um, site that, that everyone should be joining, but um, what are some other tips that they can use to actually uh, spider web into these organizations like these larger one or mm-hmm. larger companies have been able to do? Yeah. You know, if you're not in the door already, um, I mean, it's, it is a hard, it is a hard road. Um, I would say the first thing to look at, and it, it's uh, obvious to the big agencies, but if there's a change in the CMO, and you know, we all know we've heard the tenure of the CMO is not that big, but it's not always about the CMO. You may be, um, a, you know, a user experience and web agency, and maybe you're focused on the chief digital officer or the the VP of digital at that, you know, of digital marketing at that agency. Find whoever your relevant stakeholder is, who you know is a budget holder. Watch for job changes in, you know, at the, you know the companies you identify as having, as being, um, your, your, your position and your, your brand is going after, you know, maybe you work more on, uh, with, with, uh, brands in retail, or maybe you are, you know, positioned more on the B2B technology side of things. Right. And whatever it is like carve up the fortune 500 or, or fortune 1000 list, narrow it down to the ones that are more relevant to you. Take out the ones that don't really hire many agencies. So the, the Johnson and Johnson's of the world that do lots in in house, right? Um, unless you happen to be in one of the very niche areas that they, you know, do outsource, you're, it's going to be really hard to get in some of, to some of those. They just don't hire that many agencies volume wise. Um, and, you know, get down to a, a list that's manageable, but is still wide enough where you're going to see enough change, you know, over, over the course of a year or two that there's multiple opportunities coming in. Yeah. And really smart. And that's easy enough to find on LinkedIn, right? Because the, the job changes. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's, you know, there's lots of ways you can, you know, set up Google searches that automatically email you, um, you know, when you know, there's a new CMO at whatever X, you know, if you've narrowed it down to a certain number of brands, you can use those keywords. So there's lots of Mm. tricks out there that others, others have written about, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, are there any books that you would recommend on the subject? You said that others have written about. Oh, that's a, that's a tricky question. You're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I know we didn't talk about that before. So. Yeah. I, you know, there, there, you know, there's, there's so many great books. I, I, I don't have one specific to this on, on the top of my tongue. Um, I have the things I read uh, tend to be more on the branding and other, you know, other sides of, of the business. So yeah, okay, well, sorry about that. Fair enough. No, that's yeah. okay. no problem at all. I um, need to write a book about it. Maybe you do. It's not, you're, you're a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, one thing I didn't actually, I, I failed to really go into is like your robust, robust experience at, you know, Home Depot and um, Nike and Web, WebMD and Coca-Cola, Vitamin Water. Like you worked at a lot of these big, worked with a lot of these big brands. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I've consulted, I've, I've been at companies, um, I've worked around the world, you know, um, both from, a, a digital on the digital side of things, user experience, and then really, um, helping operationalize things as well. So, yeah, right. it's, well, yeah. maybe you should write that book. Well, um, <laughs> all right. Well, Brian, um, tell us more about if, if someone wants to get listed on agency spotter, what do they need to do? And then mm -hmm. how, how can people reach out to you if they want to um, follow yeah. you or connect with you? Yeah. Perfect. Um, if you go to agencyspotter.com slash ad agency, and that's ADD agency. Um, you can, you can search and see if your agency's there to claim it or get added as an admin if you're already there um, or to add yourself, right? There is a review process. So you're submitting your, your agency, but while it's being reviewed, you can flesh out your portfolio. So it's really easy. Um, it's free to be there, um, but you will have limited presence on the free, free plan, but you can get started, right? And you can start being found. I think that's the easiest thing to do. Um, if you if you do sign up, you'll you'll get um, emails from me and my team automatically. Um, so you'll have some contact information, and then you know you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm I'm pretty open to connecting with folks. If you're serious about doing um, design, if you are an agency owner um, or director or somebody who's um, you know, in the, in the marketing space and is serious about it. Um, you know, I'm pretty much an open, open connector there. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, Brian, um, I, I, it's been so great to have you on here. Anyone who's listening and would love to have their agency claimed, go to agencyspotter.com forward slash ad agency with two D's. And, um, I, I really like your platform. And one of the things that I like about your platform is, um, from what I've seen, you really develop, uh, spend a lot of time developing relationships on the brand side, which what that means is there's actually people there to buy your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's, um, a directory is kind of useless if there's no traffic to actually be buying your services. So Yeah. Yeah. Every year we have over 300,000 professionals coming to look for agencies. And there's a, I think there's something like 16,000 uh, agencies on there right now. But, you know, if you if you work that equation, some of the you know some of the math works out in your favor as a as an agency. Yeah. Well, especially if you're doing some of the things that you had already recommended for how mm -hmm. to actually win the business. And if you're positioning your your agency um, competitively, then yeah. um, really you shouldn't have a problem with the competition. Yeah, and I mean our our site. You know, you can invite your best clients to give you your first reviews on Agency Spotter. So. Get in there, get a few reviews, and it just, again, it's one more thing that can differentiate you as they both find you, or if they didn't find you through Agency Spotter and, and you're you know, pitching somewhere else, it's, you, you've already got those client testimonials that our team verifies are legitimate that you can you know, reuse. So, yeah. Love that. Well, thank you so much again, Brian, for being on the podcast. And... Um, Again, we really appreciate all the information that you've shared today. Thanks for having me. Great, great time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hands-Off CEO with Mandy Ellison. If you want to work less and make more, make sure you subscribe and get a new episode every week and help spread the word by leaving a review.